hey guys, we're we're on the side of a mountain right now, and Stefan, you you know, unfortunately we lost him. Uh, <laughs> he fell off the side, <laughs> and it's just gonna be me and Mariah today. Did you guys ever watch Between the Lions on PBS? No, I they know of a, it though. They had a segment. Cliff it was Hanger. Cliffhanger, hanging guys, from a cliff. I did guys, the tune completely wrong. I made it all the way back up. <laughs> he's back. He's back. <laughs> I made it back up. I Ryan, thought you. I thought you died. Ryan wasn't watching the line, and she let me fall. But it's all right. <laughs> I came back up. The so, rope slipped from the end of the the gree gree. Don't worry, I came up. I got that dino double blast tent pole kick <laughs> nipple twister on the rock, and I made it back up. I recovered. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Takes a Tucker Movie Podcast. Mm-hmm. Today's episode's special because we'll be talking about our first ever documentary. Uh, it's doc time, baby. It's doc time. Time to go to doc review. I'm docking nonstop. All right. Doc Hudson. That one went over her head. <laughs> um, but before we get into all of this, we need to talk about movies we've seen lately because that's what we do because we're nerds. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. Miles, I wanna you wanna can go. go first. He's raising his Yay! hand very nicely. Next in time. the in the words of Grandpa Joe, yippee, yippee, yippee. The final words of Grandpa. The Joe. final words. I watched with Isa. I watched all three Fifty Shades of Grey oh, no. movies. <laughs> okay. And boy, oh boy, is that guy a raging piece of shit. He's a bad human being. I like in the third one when they have an antagonist. Yeah, there's, there's like a bad guy. There's a he kidnaps somebody, threatens <laughs> the killer. It just becomes like, a totally different. Wait, Stefan, yeah. how did you know that? I've seen it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Stefan's really into Fifty Shades Required of Grey. Reading. I haven't opened that part of me up to yeah. you yet because I didn't know how you'd react. Interesting. I'm dangerous. <laughs> you shouldn't be around me. I need <sighs> you. Oh, I stalked you and entered your home without you knowing? I'm so gray. I'm going to buy you a car because you're mad at me. I'm rich. Well, that solves a lot of problems. It does, yeah. When you, Whenever someone's mad at you, just buy them something really expensive. It works for... I'm telling you, it would work for me. Yeah, it works for gray. Someone was like, uh, sorry, man, I made you upset. Here's like a new Xbox. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> I love you again. <laughs> just let you guys know you can buy me off. Yeah. I'm a sellout. Oh, you could definitely buy me too. Mm-hmm. 350. But you watched all three and it's just he's a piece of shit. Alright. I mean like I watched it and I went I fucking you want like it. a I you want it. like a in depth analysis here of Yeah, so really shades. uh you know, when he locks her to the bed frame, <laughs> what you're actually supposed well, to do actually, is an over under knot and oh. what he did was a Swiss fishing line knot. He did a he did a monkey's fist uh, square knot. Yeah, which really you're not supposed to do because it's it's it tightens as you pull and that's not comfortable for the mm. uh, for the for the sub. Right. No, I don't know, man. I, just, I watched anyone it ever went... is into them both being tied up and nothing happening. <laughs> <laughs> me, just like opposite that's sides me. of the room. Yeah. They're both tied up. Uh, <laughs> all right, Stefan. What There's have you a seen? gun in the middle <laughs> I'm, and I'm, poison cigarettes. <laughs> I'm over this. I'm over this. Stefan, what have you seen? Uh, I've watched a lot, and I don't know what. What are you talking about? Okay, shoot. Uh, I just want a brief shout out. Elephant Man, great movie. We watched it. That's not the one I'm going to talk about. But just like I want to mention it. I did watch the first Planet of the Apes movie from 1968. Shot the, the same year as 2001: A Space Odyssey. By the way, um, what a movie! Get your damn dirty hands off me! Or get your hands off me, you damn dirty apes! 
Uh, it wasn't what I thought it would be. It has a lot of social commentaries that I was not expecting, particularly on like colonialism and like the slave trade. Yeah. And like some, there's also specifically just like human human rights, animal rights. Yeah, animal rights, like anti-war. I would say somewhat anti- anti-religion, organized like, religion, it's the organized yeah. religion. There's a part where, because you know the astronauts go to a planet, right? And uh, there's people there, and the people are being hunted by the apes. And there's a bit where they're like catching them in nets. And there's this one visual where they've got them like tied up on sticks, and it is actually disturbing. And they're like taking like there's it, like a pile of them. It, too. <laughs> there's like a pile of bodies. Like it looks awful. It looks like old photos of like the slave trade or something. And it's just like, um, but a very interesting movie. The makeup does not hold up in its time. My favorite it was... is when the, the chimps kiss and the yeah. masks like go in and you can just tell that it's just a mask. Yeah. yeah Cause when they talk, their lips don't move. They don't have any like servos or anything in there to make them move. So it's Which just it won, as much it as they, won for makeup. It won for makeup. So at its in its time, it was great. But when they talk, it's just as wide as they can open their jaw. And just like, ar, 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 ar. They look like Muppets. But uh, my favorite part is actually at the end when he's going to go leave and be on his own. And he turns to the monkey lady and he goes, can I kiss you? And then she's like, okay, but you're so ugly. <laughs> and then they kiss. And then her like fiance is just like, oh, he's got his mouth open. And he's like, oh. And I'm like, what the hell? Why did he want to kiss the monkey lady? <laughs> it's so strange. But I like that. It was funny. <laughs> I watched a video of someone trying to eat monkey kibble that like they give monkeys in zoos, and apparently it doesn't taste good. No, I'm surprised they would do that. That sounds awful. <laughs> I would not feed a monkey well, it, kibble. It has I, like they, all they the give them bananas. It it has all the like protein and like nutrients that a human needs. I get it. But so they're like, oh, not every monkey is a soy this. boy who <laughs> wants to eat like you know protein max yeah protein max soylent milk like yeah all right anyways planet of the apes go watch it um i also will just shout out elephant man real quick because yeah Stefan and i watched that together obviously very good movie i really liked the lighting and the shadows um get her elephant man <laughs> and i think yeah i think david lynch killed it with it obviously i do um, wish he just aped out and you know killed some people <laughs> I think Anthony Hopkins, John Hurt do a great job. Um, but real quick, I want to talk about the Poseidon Adventure, which uh, I watched for the first time a few days ago. And uh, it's it's a disaster movie from the 70s um, mm-hmm. where the ship, the SS Poseidon, um, hits gets hit by a freak wave and flips. Oh, shit. And so it's a bunch of, well, it's not a bunch. It's like eight um, survivors trying to get basically to the bottom of the ship, which is now the top of the ship, um, to try to get out. Yo. And their adventures. So the sets are really cool because everything is flipped upside down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds um, cool. I think it's a very unique perspective, and I think it's very cool. And Stefan pointed out like the lighting is very ominous because it's coming up from the oh, ground. Oh yeah, you know the lights are on the ceiling. Yeah. Um, Gene Hackman's in it. Uh, Shelley Winters is in it. Uh, Grandpa like... Joe is in it. Grandpa, Grandpa Joe. Joe. Yippee! I know he doesn't He's say not yippee. Yippee-ing in this one. Um, but I will say the the thing that just bothered me the most about it is that the deaths were just like stupid. Oh really? It was yeah. like, oh, there's a rumble and somebody somebody fell, and you're like, oh, okay. Realistic yeah. though. Oh, Ernest Bergnine's in it. I forgot about that. I get, but um, yeah, well, motherfuckers do be hitting their head wrong and just passing. I guess, but in a movie like this, I don't know. I'm not gonna spoil anything. There's one particular death where you're just kind of like, are you are you shitting me, really? <laughs> But I will say the thing that bothered me the most is that I love Shelley Winters. She's great. And uh, they constantly, her character is is like somewhat larger. She gained 35 pounds for the role because the director thought it would be more visually interesting to have a fat woman swimming in the water, what I guess. The fuck? And uh, they just constantly make jokes about how she's fat. In I don't it. like that. And yeah, uh, the whole she, thing. 
they like have to crawl through like a little tunnel and she's like in case i like can't fit yeah here's all my precious jewelry grandpa joe and she gives him like like mm. <laughs> like Jew- jewish heirlooms yeah hell yeah <laughs> and uh and so i felt really bad for her and uh she shelly winters has been on the record saying that she could never get the weight off and she had health issues because of it and she regretted doing it and oh my uh, god yeah so that yeah that upset me when i learned that yeah but, i don't like that i don't know it's like it's like decent disaster movie again i think just the sets are interesting because everything's flipped upside down mm. gene hackman's in it one so, yeah. yeah well to reel it back in to reel that line in those were all three wildly different movies yeah, yeah very much uh pull me tight so that i can i can get up to the next next uh carabiner hold so Pitch. i can yeah yeah let's talk about free solo yes now Wait, normally free solo oh no me and mariah watched free guy oh no With Ryan I, I watched With Ryan. i watched the solo movie oh, oh man oh, god see, oh, we, uh, we we've all heard, we all heard different things oh yeah. no <laughs> man well one of us definitely had the best time and it's up to the audience to figure out who <laughs> Which one of us had sweaty feet? <laughs> Damn, his dogs be barking. Oh my god! I was I watched it with Issa, and we were talking about how like he he's got, got toes like eels. He got gorilla feet, dude. Yeah, he got some fucking big ass feet. Mm-hmm. No, we're gonna talk about Alex Honnold, the man who resoloed El Capitan Yosemite in right? Yosemite Park. Yo- now, if you don't know, Yosemite. free soloing is effectively climbing without any safety gear. So it's just you, your sweaty little hands and feet, and a bag of chalk. Mm-hmm. And probably like some pants. But honestly, optional. Optional. Especially if you're a chimney sweep. Yeah, especially if you're a chimney sweep. Sorry, rip for the cancer. Yeah. But there are some people who are going to be very confused by that. Yeah. Boys well, they should chimneys. check up on their chimney sweep. Look at the Wikipedia lore. for chimney sweeps. Yeah. But basically, he, he, without any gear, climbed an insanely tall mountain in Yosemite, which is insane. It's 3,000 feet tall. Yeah. And he's only got two. And he's only got two feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we're, we're going to skip... The most of the like recapping that we do because it's a documentary, so I will be talking about it as we go through it. Yeah. So um, if you haven't seen it, you should be able to follow along. Yeah. You, okay yeah. You we, won't. We yeah, we, yeah. You just won't need to like yeah. have us talk about it because we're just going to talk about it. Mm. So all I'll say is, my guy go hard. <laughs> my guy go straight hard. Uh, Alex Honnold was born August seventeenth, nineteen eighty five. Okay. So he is, I think about the age of my sister. I don't know. Wait, he's born in 85? Yeah, 85. Wait, so in the doc, he's he's like, what, 30? Yeah, uh, the doc was in 2017. So 32. I thought he was younger than that. I don't know why. He just looks younger. I mean, it's he, he, he's buff as all hell. Uh, he's <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's, he's lean as fuck. Lean, lean mean, climbing. He, he he's got the climber body, which is mm-hmm. just like all lean muscle. Yeah. He's not bulking. A lot of back. Oh, yeah. My boy cuts. He only cuts. Yeah. He's with a spatula. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born in Sacramento, California. Ooh. Shout out my Sacramento gang. Okay, that's where it goes wrong. Yeah. That's where it starts. That's where it all goes south for yeah. Alex Honnold the day he was born. And Miles. Uh-huh. Uh, he started climbing at the ripe old age of five years old. Okay. Which... If you guys haven't been to a climbing gym... Wait, hold on. You mean like climbing, like rock wall climbing? 
Well, gym or, climbing. Oh, jeez. I thought you meant just like I'm like, yeah, kids climb, kids climb things. But you <laughs> yeah, mean no, like he's, actually, he's they on brought, the wall. They climbing. brought his ass to a gym to yeah. climb at five. Yeah. Okay. So oh. his his dad was a climber. Uh, right. He did a lot of more like uh, uh, alpine climbing. So it's like you got your snowshoes, your mm. your picks. You know, you're like climbing ice, climbing ice wall. Yeah, more like that. Okay. Didn't didn't he say that his parents didn't want him to ice climb? I think so. They or, say they mentioned that briefly in the docs. Yeah, so it, it is extremely dangerous. Yeah, yeah it's like more dangerous than what he's already doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he would have done that shit solo, free soloing it, and which is like it, it's insane. Yeah. But uh, he starts climbing at the age of five years old, and he takes to it like a goddamn spider monkey. He's mm. just. Mm-hmm good at it uh he does some you know local competitions for for kids uh and he is crushing it he loves climbing he's going there like multiple times a week this man lives the gym effectively okay okay this boy this boy this young boy and if you haven't been to a rock climbing gym there you are going to see small children demolish you (sighs) well because they're when you're a little child you weigh so little yeah, it's just like like I used to kill it at the monkey bars. I could like one hand, you know, skip five bars, jump, swing, throw my throw my body up on the top of them. But you you get heavy, <laughs> you just and, and your skin gets thinner, and you get calluses and things tear, and your center of gravity is like different. You know? Yeah, so as a kid, you can just. <laughs> And it doesn't help that, like, the kids that are going to the rock climbing gym, like, that's their life. That's all they got. That's all they have because they they're a kid. Because they're a kid. So they're just, like, they're, they're trained. They weigh nothing. They just <laughs> up the wall. Hey, 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 hey I hate I hate children. I mean, the only times I've... The the last time I went to a rock gym, I was probably like ten. So because it was like common for my friends to yeah. go for like birthdays and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So like the only times I've been in the gym is when I was like really little, and I've done I've done like a little bit of out, outdoor climbing, like on actual rock faces. Yeah. But yeah, the last time I was in a gym, I was probably one of those kids. I'm not that I was like crazy fast or anything like right. that. But yeah, I used but, like to, I used to climb a lot as a kid, but then at some point I developed a fear of heights, so that is over. I I have <laughs> a fear of heights, and I still climb, and I use that as motivation to just keep going i i'd give it a shot in my yeah in my adult. i mean it is fun yeah but... i don't it's it's easily probably been 10 10 years minimum since i've been rock climbing yeah and if you're like you know okay so we're gonna talk about a lot of the lingo i might get it wrong i just want to preface by saying in this movie that some of the phrases i may not know because i'm i'm a casual climber i do it for fun i don't worry about you know all the oh you got to do a uh this type of grip or yeah you know the purple nurple yeah i'm just like i grab rock the bread loaf he, oh, what was it the bread, like loaf, bread loaf dino water. bite yeah kick Karate your mom kick. in the teeth Front yeah like i mean we could go over like all the different oh, types the, uh, of what was of the one he holds. said jug out like a maniac oh yeah <laughs> like i don't even know what that one is because one of the cameramen said that yeah. To like get a shot, he's like, I'm gonna jug out like a maniac, and I'm like, thank you. I will be taking that into my vocabulary for everyday use. Jugging this, jugging that. Let's see, let's see. Uh, ba, 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 ba. yeah. Okay, so you just use a mechanical tool. I, okay, so I've technically done this. You basically the rope is like up the wall, right? You already mm-hmm. got it. You're basically using this little crank to just pull yourself up. Gotcha. So you're not like climbing the wall. You're literally just like you're letting the machine do the work. Yeah, you're just like pulling a fucking crank. That's which basically like I mean, if you're a camera person, you've got camera gear on you. Yeah, that's gonna be easier than trying to climb without letting yeah. the camera hit the rock wall. Yeah, and, I mean, we'll talk about the like because they had to have climbers do all the filming. 
Yes, then they establish that in the documentary yeah, that like, like the, the whole crew are professional climbers. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But Boo Womp, uh oh. <laughs> His dad dies of a heart attack. Right. His dad's fucking dead. Not long after a, a divorce. Okay. It's like a year after the divorce, they said. Yeah, a year after so the divorce. Sad. Yeah, he just dies of a heart attack. And that is on July eighteenth, two thousand four. So Alex Honnold at this point is... 19? Yeah, 19 years oh, old. Okay. Dear, the math is insane on your yeah, brain. You, yeah, she's... she's What is that, left brain? Or is that right I brain? I am not left brain. I like, The thing know. is, I knew the number, and I still fucked up. I still had to take a second. But you were like, nah, it's 19. Don't worry about she it. She didn't know. Came up with it and spat yeah. it out. Faster than I could just remember it. All right. Well, anyway, he's 19. At this point, he's done plenty of climbing. So... In December 2004, after the passing of his father, Honnold puts on his father's snowshoes and went to conquer Mount Talek all alone, which... Where is that at? Well, the mountain in California. We could climb it. Oh. We shouldn't do it alone. <laughs> all right. I'm going to do it alone. With but it is a mountain in El Dorado County, California, that is part of the Sierra Nevada. Okay. It is the tallest mountain in Lake Tahoe shoreline at 9,739 feet high. All right. And so to climb this motherfucker while it's snowing all by yourself didn't end well for him. He ended up slipping and fell face first down the mountain. Uh, and hmm. he fell unconscious. Oh, okay. And thankfully, he woke up a little bit later and was like, all right, well, uh, not doing that. <laughs> And okay. he cites this as like a moment for him where he was like, oh, I absolutely can die doing this. <clears throat> Not going to stop me, but I can die. Right. And so he... His first really dance with death. Yeah. He starts... And so I should note, the way he gets into free soloing is because he has a hard time with people. That's kind of what I was gauging. And what they say in the dog is, it sounds like he just could not socialize that well, and he didn't like to. Yeah. And I'm there's... guessing that was the reasoning was just like, I don't want to... There's a bit of an elephant in the room that maybe we should talk about. <laughs> there was nowhere where I could find that he has been officially diagnosed with anything. His father did have Asperger's, I'm leaning on maybe this guy. Looking looking at his father having Asperger's and his difficulty socializing and even some of the language. Yeah. Like when he specifically, one of the things he says when he's talking about hugging is he was like, oh, that's something other people should do. I should learn to do it. That kind of like <laughs> mentality and saying something like yeah. that. It's like, eh. And the way... The way he has trouble saying love. Yeah. Which, if you notice, at the end of the doc, he does he's say it. on the phone mm -hmm. and he tells, so is it Sonny? So yeah, Sonny. Yeah, Sonny, that he loves her. Yeah. So he does get over that part. but it, he, There is um, definitely a potential that he could be on the spectrum. Yeah, we don't, yes. we, Here on the podcast, we do not want to no, we're not diagnose. We don't want to... Yeah, we're not going to diagnose him with autism. I do want to diagnose this man. However, I think it's important we acknowledge it, especially when we start talking about him as a person and his character. Yeah. Because I don't want to say things that could be hurtful, you know, tenfold if he if he is on the spectrum. So I got to take that into consideration. Yeah. Also, I, I now is a good time. Let's get it out. If you are afraid of even hearing about insane heights, if you have had a loved one <laughs> oh, die yeah. on the wall, maybe this isn't the episode for you. Yeah. Because we're going to be talking about a lot of people who have died doing it, and it's serious yeah. stuff. But be careful. 
And what's interesting is like when you say that, because it is extremely dangerous, extremely serious. But when you watch the doc, there is that element. But at the same time, he himself, everything is so unceremonious to him. Yeah. And he's just like, all right, let's do it. And he's just like, yeah, I could die. But that's, that's part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. A lot of signs. But the way he put, so he says low risk, high, that's not punishment. Oh, he, what does he say? I know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Like injury or. Well, and it's so funny too, when he's talking about consequence, high consequence. Mm, Yeah. So low risk, high consequence where he's like, the risk of me falling is low, but the consequence of me falling is Mm. extremely high. Right. And that's kind of the whole point of not free soloing, but. When you're going to free solo, you don't just flash, which is to say, like, you just fucking do it. Like, first yeah. time, flash up. You don't flash free soloing. You practice a lot until you the point study. where you're like, I have this shit down to a science. And the yeah. only way I fall is a catastrophic miscalculation or mistake. Well, and you see that in the documentary as he has his climbing journal where he talks about yeah. on this pitch, it's left foot here, right foot here, yeah. right hand here, switch the thumb here, cross feet, karate kick over, straddle. And you're like, mm. like he knows the well, this mountain, like the back of his hand, and he can tell you exactly where his foot needs to be at every specific part of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even coming back to that in the journal... I like to a moment where it really just shows you like his character and like where his mind's at was when he's with his buddy. His buddy's like, oh, you ever write down like saw a cool juniper tree or something? He's like, no. Yeah. Not in the climbing journal. He just doesn't do it. No, his climbing journal is like you see like study. Yeah. What what's on his mind? What isn't on his mind? And it's just like this. This goal compels him. And there's nothing else in the world besides free-soloing El Capitan. Mm -hmm. And he so the reason let's get back to it. The reason he free solos to begin with is because growing up when he was climbing, he just he couldn't talk to people. He had so much trouble mm-hmm. going up to someone and being like, hey, do you want to be my climbing partner? That he just found it easier to climb all by himself. So that's kind of how he gets into that sphere. Uh, right. And he ends up he ends up making friends that can help him along the way. Mm-hmm. Probably more out of necessity than anything because you can't yeah. even practice free soloing El Capitan without somebody with you. Yeah. Uh, so growing up, he's done a lot of climbs. I can quickly go over some of them that he's done and some of the awards he's gotten, but he has climbed, and this is for like the big climbing people out there, Freerider Bushido in Hong Kong. Mm. Oh, wait, no, it's Hong Kong Fui in Utah. Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, He's climbed the nose in Yosemite. He's climbed... Pretty much everything in Yosemite, actually. He's climbed stuff in Mexico. He's climbed stuff in United Kingdom, the complete scream in Northern Ireland. Mm. Uh, He's climbed... These are all free solos? These are all free solos. He has won four awards in his life. The Golden Pitten Award for Climbing Magazine for Endurance Climbing. Honnold, together with Tommy Caldwell, who had a crazy story of his own, was rewarded the Pillowitz Dior for the first full traverse of the Fitzroy Range in Patagonia, Argentina. The Robert and Miriam Underhill Award from American Alpine Club for Excellence in Various Fields of Climbing. And the special mention of the Pillowitz Door for his outstanding contribution to climbing during 2017, which Mm. this podcast, not podcast, this movie is set. Which so, this podcast is discussing. Did he did he win that award after the movie? Like after yeah, he yeah, climbed? He, yeah, okay. after he mm-hmm. climbed it. Gotcha. So it wasn't Alex's idea to make a movie. 
That would be his friend, uh, Jimmy Chin, Mm -hmm. who is also an incredible climber. Uh, He is a photographer, skier, director, author. He does a bunch of shit. Wow. There's there's more. So we watched this on Disney Plus because they have National Geographic things. Mm-hmm. And after this was over, it recommended another film that he's done as well. So Which you can is, find more of his stuff. I on, think about alpine climbing. Yeah. Yeah. So so his filmography includes uh, this is out Jimmy Jimmy Chin Free Solo. Uh, you probably saw what like Fourteen Peaks, mm-hmm. uh, but he's done Fourteen Peaks, uh, Torn Niad. The Rescue, Return to Space. I mean, he's like a documentarian for National Geographic. So he's done a bunch of stuff. But basically, Mm. he was like, hey, Alex, I want to do a climbing documentary with you. And Alex is like, all right, well, if we're going to do a climbing movie, a documentary, it has to be about this thing that I have wanted to do for so long, which is Ah. free soloing El Capitan, which is an insane climb. It is 3,000 feet tall of a bunch of different difficulty pitches, which a pitch is just like a section of a climb. So when we talk about the names of some of these pitches, that's it's just a section of the climb. And there's 31 total on El Cap. Yeah, there's a lot. The, the most notice, notable ones is the free rider route, the free, bat, free blast slab. Mm. That was my nickname in college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The hollow flake, the monster off width. That was mine. That was hollow flake. <laughs> the boulder problem. Which no. Is... <laughs> no, that's the boulder problem. Here comes the boulder problem. <laughs> or the Teflon corner. We'll get more into that when we talk about the actual climb. And the enduro corner. All right. Is that the one where he's just jamming his arms into a big crack? Yeah, that's the one where he has to pull with his arms and push with his feet. Oh, no, it's that one. Oh, yeah, that one's stupid. And they said it was like the hardest section with the arms because it's like... It's just taxing on your yeah. body. Yeah, because you just... It's I constant, mean, the whole thing is taxing Constant on torque with your arms. Uh, that one, that section, the enduro corner, it the average time it takes a climber to do is one hour. That's why it's called the enduro corner. Mm. How do you... Imagine flexing your arms for an hour for your body weight for an hour. Yeah. Well, if you're Alex Honnold, it only takes you 10 minutes. Okay. Well, that, that explains it. He was, if you haven't watched the doc, when they finally get to the climb and he's doing it, it does sound like he's flying. Yeah. He's, he's going. So I, I did the math on it with the mountain being 3000 feet tall. He ends up completing it in like just under four minutes or four hours. Four minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just under four hours. He speed ran it. He does it for like three hours and 56 minutes. Yeah. That is 12 feet every minute. Wow. Of climbing up this mountain. I don't know why he didn't do the Mario 64 backwards <laughs> oh, yeah. long jump and go. <laughs> he should have just done That's that. That's for the gamers out there. Yeah. It is It is crazy because I think it's Jimmy Chin. Is that his Jimmy name? Chin, yeah. Yeah, and he's at the top, right? And he's like, let me know when he gets here. And they're like, he's yeah. already there. Jimmy Chin is climbing <laughs> up with him. Uh, the co- the other director in this movie is, sorry, Chai, but it's Chai Becerralia? I don't know. Her last name is really complicated. She's married to Jimmy. It's They're married and they do the documentary together. I'm sorry. She was on the ground kind of helping shoot upwards at him. Okay. And Jimmy was on the wall uh, kind of climbing up with him and like trying to stay ahead and out of sight. Mm. Okay. Uh, I was wondering because there's some just like very obvious like handheld parts and i was like so where did they yeah because because um they make it clear that when it's in his first attempt when he bails yeah he's like 
it was like just too much and so they readjust their um approach to like kind of keep cameras out of it mm-hmm. to yeah, like let them focus they've got like remote cameras and then yeah. one with just like a huge telephoto lens or something yeah so i didn't know that somebody was just climbing up with him the whole way so that's cool yeah and he tries to stay out of the way for the most part like yeah. he's staying around corners and whatnot yeah but i want to give you a little little visualization of how tall this mountain is Yes. Statue of Liberty. Okay. 305 feet. Bigger than Optimus Prime. Bigger than Optimus Prime. Statue of Liberty is 305 feet tall. The Eiffel Tower is 1,063 feet tall. The Empire State Building is 1,454 feet. This is only like a third. Yeah. So this, you know what? How how long does it take to fall 3,000 feet? Um... (laughs) That is a really good kind of question. That is to a good question to ask. You would have a long time to think about it, I think. Which is something I asked watching this doc. And maybe we'll come back around to this question. Where I'm like, if he fell, do you think he would have that moment of like, I shouldn't have done this? Or would he be like, <laughs> oh, I guess this is what happens. So he would have 13.61 seconds of just falling to think. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, if, if he fell, what, what would he think? In those 13 seconds. Would, those he, 13. would he finally be like, oh, I shouldn't have done this? <laughs> Or he'd be like, oh, no, this is, no one's going to care about me. I'm gone. I'm going to perish. Yeah, well, this is how I go. This, is, Bye. this was it. All right. And then, yeah. So it is really tall. You would have better odds of surviving if you jumped off the Empire State Building. Don't do that. Mm. But you would be falling for less than half the time. That is crazy. So two Empire State Building, still slightly less than this mountain. Makes my hands sweaty. <laughs> That's what the chalk's for. Yeah, I guess. So the mountain itself is insane. No one has ever free soloed it before. Have people tried and died? I am not entirely sure. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Real, real quick tangent. Going into this, as someone who's not into mountain climbing or bouldering or whatever, like it's it seems bizarre to me that this is legal. The, I, the entire... <laughs> time i was watching this documentary i was thinking it's insane that once you get into a national park you can just kind of you just like you fuck around they let you you whatever like but you might die like oh okay they'll let you free solo el capitan but you can't walk off the trail are you shitting me (laughs) yeah (laughs) you can go up there and die but like it seems strange to me i feel like you would have to get like approved or something but no you know i'm getting knowing i'm gonna wake up a little bit about national parks uh-huh um they well okay so they definitely had like filming permits obviously because filming in national parks is very hard to do mm-hmm. um so i'm guessing the park was very well aware of what was going on yeah and okay yes but it's still just a climbing route mm-hmm. yeah you are allowed to just go there and climb yeah. there's nothing stopping you except for the admission ticket <laughs> yeah Pay sixty bucks for an annual fee, and you can just and climb the, your and the snipers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shoot at you as you the, climb. Yeah, the snipers are gonna try to get you. But like, it's just uh, it's insane. Yeah, I, but so it's in. They start filming this in because they follow him for two years. Yeah. So twenty fifteen is when they they start the journey, and he is practicing day in day out. This motherfucker lives in his van. Right. He's, he has done the van life. So what happens is his car breaks down and he takes his mom's van. <laughs> right. He mentions that. Yeah. And he lives in his mom's van for nine years. I We never find out what he names his van. I don't think he's the type of person to name his van. No, I don't think so either. Uh, but he is living the van life. and You live uh, in your mom's basement? Nah. Live in her van. Yeah. And he's just down by the river he's driving this bad boy all around america 
mainly around cool. Yosemite. I like just that part. Climbing. Yeah. And then eventually after nine years, that car breaks down because he just thrashes it. And he gets his current van that we see in the in the movie, which is a bit bigger. He's able to actually stand up all the way inside this. Mm. He's decked it out to have all the drawers and like clamps be climbing bits. Yeah. So if you look during the movie, you'll see like, you know, parts of carabiners being what he uses to like open up drawers. I did not notice that. That's yeah. cool though. I remember the the fingerboard or whatever hanging Yeah, the yeah, the fingerboard. Uh that's to help get your grip strength and yeah. endurance up on your fingies. So he does that religiously. He does it after he climbs. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, man. He's crazy. I, yeah. I'll but, say I'll say my big discussion for later mm-hmm. or when it's more relevant. But so he is practicing this in the and he's living in the van and he talks about i watched a little video where he's talking about the van itself and he's like i don't love living in a van but i like having everything near me Mm. and he says like oh you know some of these people they like bring me out to places and they put me in a really nice hotel but you have to like walk all the way to the bathroom and sometimes i miss my my urinal which is just a bottle he pisses in so this man, he loves his piss bottle. Even when he talks about food, where he's like, he's not, what, I mean, as a as a vegetable hater as well. He started he, off as a vegetable hater. Right, a vegetable hater. But again, it sounds like out of necessity, he was like, oh, I just started eating vegetables. Yeah. I bet you he'd eat the kibble. <laughs> he'd eat the kibble. If he thought it was going to help him in any way, he probably would. Yeah. But he gets a little girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She's cute and little. She's <laughs> cute and small, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how he describes. Jim. Yeah, and he he technically gets with her before the documentary, documentary even yeah. starts. Oh, okay. So they meet at a a book signing for one of his books because this guy is insane and he's won a bunch of awards and he's very well known at this point. Okay, he was like he was a nobody and then he free soloed a route and then he was big so, shit he was a so star nice. because holy shit he free soloed this goddamn route yeah and so he starts writing books he's going on tours he makes as much as a like a well-off dentist a well-off <laughs> dentist moderately yeah dentist. moderately successful <laughs> dentist as he says but he's donating a third that is really cool of everything he makes to feed people in need yeah. in other parts of the world I think specifically africa yeah uh, because no, that was he's, pretty cool. yeah he's just been around climbing everything around the world and he was like oh man it sucks not having food so yeah, yeah. he donates a th- a third of everything he makes and, and i guess too if it's just like all i want to do is climb he doesn't need it you don't need it You're yeah not using that money in anything might as well so he's a he's a bit of a philanthropist he's a little bit of a cephalopod he's a bit of a cephalopod <laughs> but on one of the book signings mm-hmm. he meets a girl Make eye contact. Oh my God! Got her name. Sonny. Sonny. Yeah, Sonny. So he meets Sonny, mm-hmm. and they just they hit it off. They have a good time. They go on a couple dates, and they end up dating. And he says that he's you know had girlfriends in the past, but he would leave them in a fucking second if it meant he couldn't climb. This is not a good start <laughs> to a relationship. So going into it, he's basically like climbing is more important than you. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. At least he's very upfront about it. Yeah. So, you know, like if you if somebody starts dating him, like they know where he stands. He's very upfront about it. So I feel like. Yeah. Which yeah. at certain parts during the documentary, I'm kind of like, Sonny, come on. Yeah. You like you signed it. You knew you what you were signed up to, to this. Yeah. There's there's parts where I, 
I feel like both of them, if not one or the other, needed to have cut it off. Yeah. But they keep hanging on and making it harder for both of them. Yeah. Which is a classic you know, relationship thing. But uh, at one point, probably earlier on in her climbing career, she drops the ball uh, really bad. She drops the rope. Yeah. She drops the rope. So she is using uh, something called a grigri, which, okay, how she did this is pretty impressive. <laughs> okay. Because, so a grigri is effectively a tool that, okay, I feel like I'm having to explain fucking Warhammer 40k to someone. Oh, no. When you're climbing a wall, Mm. specifically lead climbing, which is what I'm assuming they were doing for her to run out of rope. Basically, you the climber ties in around their waist. Okay. And the uh, belayer is next to them. There's a pile of rope next to them. Mm. And, mm. oh, wait, no, because he was coming down the wall when this happened. Yeah, he was, bel- he was belaying. Okay. So, yeah, so they were top belaying. So the rope's already there. And so most of the rope is taken up onto the wall. And as he climbs up, you're going to pull it down into a little pile next to you. Mm. And so he climbs up. The rope is going to run through the from the climber. It goes up the wall through a little loop down to the belayer. And the belayer puts it through this little machine called a grigri that okay. basically just adds a bunch of friction mm. so that... If the climber falls, the rope gets caught in the grigri really tight, and they stop falling. Yeah, okay, catches them. You get closer to your mic. Yeah, so that's effectively like what a grigri is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you're coming down, you pull this little tab on the grigri, which pulls a section of it up so there's less friction. And you're supposed to one hand on the grigri, one hand on the rope, so that you can feel the rope going through your hand. Mm. Right. And so you're kind of checking. You're looking up at the climber, looking at the rope, looking up at the climber, looking at the rope. Right. Like that's what you're supposed to do. What I'm assuming she was doing is maybe holding like the other end where it goes up towards the climber Mm. or she was doing both hands on the grigri. But effectively, Mm. all of the rope got used up and it slipped through the grigri. So now there's no friction, nothing holding up the climber. Right. She has lost control of it. She has lost control of the rope. And so that's why I think maybe she was doing like two hands on the grigri. Because yeah. if she had a hand on the upper rope, it wouldn't have helped. But like it would have just like slid through her hands. Yeah. It's like trying to hold yeah. a person up a whole ass person with half grip. Yeah. Like you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. But he ends up falling and like fracturing his spine. Right. And he is fucking pissed. Rightfully so. This kills people. Like. Yeah. Well, uh, here's the thing. When when they talked about this, first of all, because he's like, I wanted to break up with her. And I'm like, I get that, man, because she messed up. Yeah. However, you knew going into this that she was not an experienced climber and you like trusted her to do it. So yeah. you have to know somewhere in the back of your head that for somebody who's like beginning their climbing journey, that like this is a possibility. Yeah. Yes. So it, it, it's, it's a very complicated situation. It's um. It's a complicated situation, but it's like... <sighs> As the belayer, you should constantly be aware Mm. that someone's life is in your hands. Correct. Mm. So for this mistake to happen at all, even from someone who's very new, there's a certain level of Mm. like you weren't paying attention. Well, Mm. yeah, no, I I mean, it 100% is her fault. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And then she hits him up with the, is this going to make your life better leaving me? And he goes, running the numbers. (laughs) Yeah. numbers. let Let me get back to you. Punch St- it in. D- chances are mathematically no this isn't gonna make my life better 
So, okay, I'll stay it's with you. It's kind of funny that you could just approach it like that and be like, nah. And so they keep hanging out. And it turns out it's not as bad as they thought it was going to be. He thought it was going to ruin his career forever. He has a doctor pull, pop his skin. Yeah, he just... And, you know, I, I don't know if he still gets massages for it, but he just gets a couple, like, adjustments and waits a little bit, and he's fine. Mm-hmm. So if he still has, like, some pain... Because he says he has to, like, do some management for it, but mm-hmm. it's clearly not enough to bother him. They didn't talk about the back as much as they did the sprain. Yeah. So later on, during the actual trying to practice the climbing, he ends up spraining his ankle, um, which I guess is a, as good a part to go to as any because effectively we've talked about the girlfriend. Yeah. Now Jimmy comes up to him. Hey, I want to do a documentary. Okay, we'll do it about climbing this mountain. So he's practicing. And at one point during, I believe, the free blast slab. Which is like pitch six. So not like incredibly high up, but one of the more trickier parts. Mm -hmm. Uh, We spend a lot of time on this one, right? Yeah. It is because this is where he slips. It's it's hard on him psychologically because this is where he slipped up before. It is an extremely slippery area of the wall. And the holds... Where you put your hands and feet are the width of two quarters. Yeah, watching watching the doc, you know, when they use that real, like, just, like, shallow focus to show you just, it, he, it's like he's grabbing onto nothing. Yeah. It's like it's not, some shots, it doesn't even look like there's anything there. You, know? you are effectively a mountain goat. Yeah. 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 Like, you are holding on to the tiniest little bumps in what is a basically a sheer surface. I'm telling you, he's finding those nipples and he's just kind of like... <laughs> well, and you see him at one point, like, f- just kind of like feeling the wall trying to find possible places yeah. to hold on to, yeah. which is crazy. And so this this specific area is often... It, this type of climbing is called friction climbing mm. because you are climbing based on the friction of your shoes. So climbing shoes have a really hard rubber sole that is supposed to just kind of press into a wall and get all those little grooves dug into Ah. it and just like hold. And so really the only thing your hands are doing is making sure that you don't like slip backwards. Mm. Uh, I never actually really thought about the bottom of climbing shoes. So that was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and he talks a lot about is it on that slab where it's very foot heavy? And he talks about how like when, oh, you got to press up all of your weight at a moment is on your feet and mm-hmm. just your feet. And it's like really scary. And just like one foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's, and even on the shoe, you're holding on with like the very tip of the, of the foot. Yeah. You're like a ballerina towing on this rock trying to climb it. For what? The For fun. What? The fun of it, Stefan. The adrenaline. The thrill. Well, they do talk about how his like amygdala doesn't... Yeah. There's there's a story he tells where in the past uh, he had reclimbed up the side of this mountain. And this is kind of early on in his career. And he's nearing the top and he can hear hikers and picnickers up at the top laughing and having fun. And he's at this wall oh. and he's feeling it. And he's like, oh, this is the only possible foothold that I have but I don't trust it. Uh-huh. And he's like trying to psych himself up. He's he's hearing the people laughing. He's like, it's so close. I have maybe like a 50% chance to get this foothold right or I die. And I don't know, man. That just doesn't seem fun to me. <laughs> he's like, he's psyching himself up and he does it and he does it successfully and he climbs to the top and this like fucking shirtless guy just like clambers up the corner of this cliff and all the picnickers are like, they just don't give a shit. <laughs> 
usually what he says happens is you climb up and you have all your gear and you've the, you got the rope and the carabiners and all these things, the pittons. Yeah. But when you free solo, it's just you in a it's, chalk bag. Yeah, it's you in a chalk bag. So usually you get up and everyone's like, oh my God, you're a climber. Let's take pictures. They just didn't give a shit about him. <laughs> and so he, he takes his climbing shoes off and starts walking down and everyone's like, oh my God, you hike without shoes on? That's so metal. <sighs> That's crazy, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy." And he just like does, he just like doesn't explain what he's been doing. I mean, on one hand, I actually like understand that. Where like, first of all, he probably he doesn't like to socialize, so he doesn't no, want to talk to probably people. Probably doesn't want. But also, break. having that moment just to yourself of like, I did this thing. I'm just gonna kind of yeah be here with myself and not focus on like wowing other people right now. I yeah. get it. Yeah. So he's doing absolutely bonker shit. But now, boom! It's time to get this doc going. Here's the exact gear they use. Okay. Is this for the final climb or is this, this is for, for, well, this is for the whole dock. the whole dock. Got it. Uh, and it seems like maybe they were maybe paid by Canon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They are using a C300 Mark II. Hey. Okay. Uh, it's 4K. They are using Canon, Canon cinema lenses, which is roughly, they were using like 17 to 120 millimeters. In the final climb, they got one that's like, <sighs> yeah, I don't even know, 400, 400 500. Something. It's yeah. insanely big. But that was one of the prime lenses. Yeah. So they're also using cinema prime lenses. But have we talked about prime versus? Uh, you know what? I don't, Not on the I don't think so. Not on the bottom. Okay. So there's, there's two major types of lenses. I don't know what the racking ones are called. Uh, what do you mean? Well, like the ones that can change their focus millimeter. Just zoom. Zoom lenses? Yeah. Okay. So there's zoom lenses and prime lenses, as far as I'm aware. I think it's just those two. But zoom lenses, you can zoom with them. They right. can change the depth at which they're So in. usually it's like a wider, and then you can get you can pretty go close. Big. Like yeah. you can, 70 to 200. Yeah. Be a you can go lens. small. Whereas primes are considered a little bit crisper, but... They're fixed. They're, they're just fixed. Long. So yeah. there's only, you know, like... 50 it's you stuck cannot at 50 zoom in with them. if you want bigger you got to get closer yeah and so they were they were talking about how when it comes to a lot of the documentary stuff you don't have time to swap out the lenses so yeah. for the on-ground documentary stuff they're doing a lot of the zoom lenses they're you know getting close breakout they're they're inside his van so they have to go wide because right how many people can you fit in a goddamn van mm -hmm. but when it comes to the cameras that they're going to be using at certain sections of the mountain they're using prime lenses and uh, a bunch of jacked dudes. Oh. <laughs> because they are carrying around, just camera gear wise, not including all the other climbing gear, 45 pounds. Mm. Okay. Which isn't nothing. 45 extra pounds on a human body. That's something. That's a lot. Yep. Yeah. Like imagine just carrying that and then climbing up a ladder constantly, but harder. <laughs> the so ladder they, is flat. Yeah. The ladder is flat. At a 45 degree angle. Mm hmm. Oh, steeper than 45. And, uh, and then you have to s slam your arm into the s inside the ladder. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, do a garboid fun flip. Oh, back yeah. Back kick, somersault. Mm -hmm. Dino 360. No scope. <laughs> yeah. But uh, all, the, all the cameramen, all the equipment people, they're all pro climbers. So they are like uh -huh. climber cinematographer mix, which I can only imagine you're not having a whole a lot of options when it comes to the crew you can have. Yeah. Like, they're all basically buddies. Like, they're just like a bunch of friends doing this. Uh, and so Alex Honnold gets ready to do the climb. Mm -hmm. He says he's ready. He says goodbye to his girlfriend. His girlfriend is like, can you not do this, please? And he's like, no, I can't. I have to. <laughs> and then uh, he leaves her. And he's like, I'll see you later. 
and he starts the climb. And pretty early on, I mean, it's in. It's in the free blast. Uh, it's slab, in free blast it? slab where he's like, "I'm not vibing with this." Yeah, I'm saying it. He said he cheated. I don't know what he cheated on. He, he grabbed one of the little uh, like hooks. Oh, in the wall. I see. Okay, yeah, that would be mm. cheating. Yeah, yeah. He held on to it. And he's like, "Nope." Yeah, and then he's also just like, he's not psyched because at this point there are just climbers around him, right? Mm. Like people yeah. are actively observing him, and. He himself is fine with dying. He'll die. He doesn't, he doesn't want to, but he'll do it. <laughs> what he doesn't want is people to see him die. Which I think is interesting. He's, he doesn't want people to see him die, but he says in the doc he thinks everyone will be fine if he dies. Yeah. And then it'll cut to footage of everyone who knows him crying because yeah. he's putting himself in such harm's way. And there's a part in the doc where they're like, okay, what do we do if he falls? Yeah. And one of the guys is like, well, we should probably call 911. <laughs> 911 probably do it. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy because they know the risk and the idea that they talk about the ethics of it and signing yeah. onto a documentary where they're like, "There's yeah. a good, there's a good possibility mm-hmm. that we are going to be filming someone die." And later on, I kind of want to talk about the ethics of this whole thing mm-hmm. because even uh, Jimmy and his wife are like, "Is it ethically okay for us to film him doing this because he's only doing this dangerous thing because we wanted to film him?" So if he dies, it's possibly because we wanted to do this documentary. So it's kind of on us. Except he he would be he would doing it anyway, it. I think. Yeah, he would have oh. done it. But yeah, we'll get into the ethics of, yeah. of all this later. So he's tr- he tries to climb. He says, I can't do it. He comes back down. He goes into the van where his girlfriend is. And she's like, oh, my God, what are you doing here? And he's like, I bailed. Let's cuddle and go to bed. <laughs> uh, and so he has to wait a whole year before trying again because the season's the season's over it's gonna be too rough uh and rightfully so because some of the footage they don't show you is what it's like when conditions aren't good and Mm -hmm. there are parts when alex is climbing the mountain he still has his gear on he's practicing but it is hailing outside Mm. he's getting pummeled by hail while trying to climb this mountain and there's a part where they're talking about how uh, Jimmy is climbing, trying to keep up with him, and he slips because a chunk of rock breaks off the mountain and falls towards the climbers underneath him. Mm. And they are chunks of rock about the size of like a bowling ball flying, whizzing past their heads. And one guy says that it clipped his backpack. Mm. So even just climbing this mountain with gear on, it can kill you. Yeah. There's plenty of ways you can die. I will say um, when I did, when I was working on the trails team for the National Park Service, um, there were a couple times when we'd drop a rock and it would just go down the trail and you just have to pray that nobody is down there and you shout out rock like <sighs> as loud as you can. And we had one that was probably the size of like a toaster oven. Oh my God. Go down and it was like switchbacks. Mm. We're like, thankfully, it didn't hit anybody. We get that. Nature. <laughs> like, oh, rocks no. are scary. Just Shit a big thing. A big Just, thing falling at you. You know, you're enjoying the view. You're at like, oh, this the... is so nice. And then you hear faintly, rock. And you're like, oh, what, what was that? Look up. At Gone. the end of the day, it's Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> Looney Tunes I get to. But so he has to wait a year for the season to come back. And he spends that time training. Mm-hmm. He spends that time buying a house. He's overjoyed by it. He's so happy. You can tell 
while they look at the house that he's just so there, chuffed. There's one shot in particular where Sonny is like measuring the height of like where the fridge is going to go. And he just like walks in front of the camera, just kind of like aimlessly like looking yeah. around. He's like <laughs> on his so phone. funny to me. <laughs> yeah. He's just trying to find a fridge and he looks at it and goes too deep, too, too big. Yeah, oh away. my god, they end up getting such a small fridge <laughs> such a small for the fridge. space that's so funny. Like it doesn't then fill they, up the fridge space they, at all. They get into a fight and it's weird and it's yeah. like, oh guys. And he's just being like really critical about it, like no emotion, just like he's very oh, I was gonna say he's very morose, and that's how he describes his dad. So Yeah. Which there's another part, they don't talk about it a whole lot, where his mom is like talking about how his dad constantly put him down and yeah and, and then he's like he i says, don't remember that yeah yeah and then he's like no i loved my dad he was a very kind loving man it was my mom that was like instilling me with these ideas of having to be perfect also she only spoke to them in french but then for the documentary she just was speaking english yeah yeah that was weird too he was like oh no one ever said love but then yeah. but then he mentioned that they were taught French and that his mom would say like je t'aime and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what? Like what's going on here? There's a weird mix of information. I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. So I just found it kind of interesting that it was his mom being like, Oh, I don't know what my husband, like the terrible things that my husband put this kid through. And then he's like, I think it was you. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I mean, maybe that's another reason he has to free solo is because to, to free solo something, it has to be perfect. Yeah. And his mom was always like, talks about that. Yeah. His mom was always like, you need to be perfect. You have to do everything to the Mm. best of your ability. So that's another reason he has to do it, but I ain't no fucking therapist. Yeah. I don't know. And then, but then there's the part where, is it his mom or his sister? Someone's going to cut a watermelon and they're like, are you going to, are you going to critique how I cut this watermelon? Oh, he's like, I just want watermelon. Yeah. I think it's Sonny. Oh, is it Sonny who does it? So clearly he has his ways of doing things that you have to kind of abide by. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is an obvious case. Yeah, they do a lot of like gym work during this time. He has a sprained ankle from the free blast section. And he's like, oh, fuck. This is like, I, I won't be able to climb. I won't be able to do this or that. Nope. He's climbing in the gym with he's like a boot on. Which a is whole really ass boot he's climbing with just in the gym. And he's talking about how like it swells and it hurts. And he's like. <laughs> Not having fun. And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. It's because you fucked up your ankle and you're using it all the time. And so, like, climbing is such a deep, important part of this man's life. Yeah. That he just, like, he'll do anything. Mm -hmm. If he lost a leg, I have no doubt. Yeah. He would find some way to climb. But the year goes by. It is now spring. Spring again. And it's time for him free solo el capitan and what else is there to say other than he just kind of does it <laughs> again does i it. remarked it's very unceremonious yeah he's just like i think today's the day and then he just he's at the base and he just like kind of looks up and he just starts going he doesn't say anything he doesn't like make it's, a big deal out of it he's like all right i'm gonna do it's it it's unceremonious yeah. before and after yeah like i expect i mean I, i'll be it again i don't know what's in his brain but like I'd expect someone to do the biggest thing in their life to get to the top and like they'd see the world different and they'll like sit on the edge and be like, wow, you know, like, well, but he gets up there and he's like, and he walks off, calls and he his goes, girlfriend. I'm and, delighted. And then they start walking down. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. I, I think the contrast be more... between the achievement and his reaction to the achievement is yeah. very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I thought there'd be more like sentimentality as well. 
but mm. there isn't. And we actually skipped a part because we never talked about his MRI. All right. Yeah. So at yeah. one point, uh, a, a news article pays for him to get an MRI, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm down." See what's going on in that. See brain what's going on in that brain. And lo and behold, <laughs> his fear response is amygdala. His amygdala is fried, broken. Yeah, like he just doesn't feel. I mean, they show him pictures of like norm what normally concerns a human. Yeah, what would normally spark a fear response in a in a human being, and it just doesn't do it for him. You just like flash an image of. He like, just a needs to have movie. like the extreme to be stimulated, basically. Yeah. yeah, and so they toss around the idea like, well, maybe since you've been climbing all this time, like it just takes more for your fear yeah. response to kick in. Mm-hmm. He says that well, maybe it's just fried from mm-hmm. being used so much that it just can't do it anymore. Yeah, but either way, this man legitimately, to an extent, has no fear. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to if you're going to free solo, but which is interesting because uh, before we watched this, I kid you not, yesterday <laughs> I was driving to work and I was like, I really am scared of death, and I just like thought about that for a while, and then to, to watch it, <laughs> just just your average thought as I was driving See, to work, I'm, and then to watch this and be like, this man has no fear of death. Very interesting, and he doesn't care when other people die. He's no. like, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's like he has you know emotional connection uh, problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they, they talk about... One, one might say sympathy. Yeah, yeah, um, he has problems. Lack, lack of sympathizing. Connecting with people, too. And that's that's why this was so frustrating for me to watch, was because all the people that are around him very obviously care very deeply, deeply about, about him. him. Yeah. And he doesn't... He not only doesn't care, but doesn't think so. He's you like, that one fine, camera guy who on. is crying yeah. as he's climbing it. Because yeah. he, he's like, I don't know how you guys are watching this. I can't watch this because yeah. I think he's going to die. Yeah. But he's like, oh, it's fine. It's whatever. She'll get another boyfriend in school. Yeah. Like, what's wrong? Like, you don't... He's, there's no sympathy. There's no empathy there. No, he he just doesn't care. Yeah. I, it's, no, I don't think it, it's that he doesn't care. Yeah. He, no, just he just doesn't, doesn't understand. He just, yeah, he doesn't get... He just doesn't yeah. think of it but that way. But the idea or, that, like, he's like, oh, my girlfriend will just find someone else. Yeah. Or or maybe, maybe he's just forced himself to feel that way because he wouldn't be able to do this otherwise. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but... It's, it's as, a lot. As someone who's very empathetic... And I care very much about what people think and what they think about me. For me, it's frustrating to see someone just ignore that. Yeah. And again, there's a section in the documentary where they, they are talking about a climber that had died. Yeah. And like, he kind of just goes, yeah, it was going to happen. And then... Well, he even he's like, he did risky things. Yeah. Like, you don't, man? <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, yeah, oh, uh, okay. And there's no like, oh, I can't. I can't. And then he it's his buddy, his buddy's name, name uh, Tommy, I think, who's like, yeah, he wasn't like affected by that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, man. Anyway. But he does the climb. They have done a couple things to make this climb different from the one before. Where mm. he bailed. Where he bailed, yeah. Primarily, they have stationed cameras along the route mm. and basically turned them on, hit record, and left them. Uh, they are filming from further away. It is really only Jimmy who is going to see him and get those close-up shots. Uh, so it's very set it up and forget about it and hope that we got the shot. Yeah. And it is a ton of prep work in the dark that they have to do because he has to start the climb at night. Right. And so he's got his little headlamp and he's, he's climbing the rock because he doesn't want to get the, the sun past the mountain Mm. so once it hits noon 
and beyond, it's no good. Mm. So he starts at like I think six a.m. is when he starts, and uh, I mean he just fucking climbs it. Like he the, climbs it. The part of the documentary is just like you watch him climb it. You watch the reactions of people watching him climb it. Yeah, very tense. Very good. It is very tense. Made my feet sweaty. Yeah, I thought it was funny because the the free slab um section, mm-hmm. uh, which had given him trouble, which is where he bailed the first time. They have a camera set up to get that. And yeah. when he does it correctly, he has the biggest smile and he looks at the camera and he goes, yeah, yeah buddy. And then he just yeah, like, keeps going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So they didn't even realize they had that shot until after. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. When they were, when they were doing the editing. Oh, the editing. And so he does it. I don't know. There's not much. I mean, it kind of just, the documentary it. ends. He gets to the top. He says, I love you to his girlfriend, which is The first crazy. time we've seen him say that. Yeah. And then, yeah, it ends kind of unceremoniously. And then also, maybe, Miles, you can help illuminate. I have a feeling, okay, I don't know. I feel like he kind of intimates that maybe he's not done. He's not. He's done? He's not done. Oh, he's not done. He's not done. I knew it. I knew it. I'm like, I can tell you right now, this boy, this is his life. He's going to keep going until he dies. What is funny is that um, Sonny gives him a hug, and she's like, you're done. And I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah, it's like some of that language. just the next step. He doesn't respond in some of the things, and he's like, oh, next generation, Probably not me. And then there's this pause and you're like, oh, he's a gambling addiction. That's what yeah. it is. He's got an addiction. Uh, the So here's kind of some stuff that's happened post. Yeah. He has been married to Sonny for two years. Okay. They got married. They got married. They have a kid. Oh. So they have, uh, at the time I researched, it was a nine-year-old girl. Okay. Or not nine-year-old. Oh, my God. Nine months. <laughs> I was like, um, wouldn't oh. she have been born then? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I think she's... More along the lines of two now. Well, yeah, because 2017, married for two years, has a nine-month-old. Yeah, she'd be like three or something now. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. But most recently, he did a climb uh, called Hurt, which is like the... the Johnny Cash? Honald Utah like range something. It's named after him? Yeah, it's what he calls it. Oh. Um, is this a free solo climb? It is a free solo this- climb. This... He has a daughter now. He has a yeah, daughter. It's now. insane. He has a daughter. And they, they talk about it. They go, like, you hey, can't... are you worried about like dying and leaving your wife and daughter alone? And he just goes, Nah, they'll manage. <sighs> Which I think to some extent where he's like, they're gonna have to move on. I'm like, I-, I guess you're right, but you're still minimizing the impact your life has on other people. Yeah. 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 So and I know I know it's a two way lane when you got relationships, right? It's not just him making decisions, but like you should not have a child if you think you will be putting your life in harm's way like this i don't know i mean i guess you can but i don't know don't feel right yeah uh the most recent thing he did was the hurt climb it is a single push solo mission spans 35 miles twenty four thousand feet of elevation gain uh Oh, around a hundreds of pitches across the rugged sandstone walls of Red Rock Canyon, Nevada. Oh, that's like right outside Las Vegas. Vegas, which is where they live. Yeah. yeah. Or he, they did in the dock. He, he did this, from what I remember from the short video, and like, it's a challenge. How many can you do in 32 hours straight? No sleep, no breaks. Oh, my Lord. And there are parts in this short video where he's talking about... You, hold on. You are <laughs> setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. No sleep. No sleep. No sleep is already... Like, sleep deprivation is... You're going to slip just because you're tired. That You are, you are trying to kill yourself at this point. Yeah. Ugh. 
But there are parts where he's like, oh, I, my limbs feel like jelly. Like my arms are weak. I can barely move. He's saying this while on the face of a fucking cliff. I feel like I, I, I can't <laughs> hold on me. anymore. <laughs> yeah. So he's still free soloing to this day. He's still just fucking does it. Even though in the documentary, he's like, I have no reason to care about my self-surviving but now he has a kid he has a reason he still does it this is like the hurt locker you want to yeah. watch the hurt locker it's dude, honestly i think it might be i think hurt it's locker. the same it's the same concept of kind of like the i don't know it's that thrill that you can't get anywhere else and yeah you just you gotta go back for it and okay. speaking of which this man would have been great in the military oh yeah <laughs> i'm a warrior this is the warrior spirit they would have loved it <laughs> they would have loved it Climbing a rock and taking a man's life is very similar. Yeah, you sit there for 32 hours with a sniper rifle after climbing up for yeah. a day. Uh, there was an interview where they're like, oh, so you have a kid now? And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, does having a kid in any way scare you? In any way, shape, or form? No, and he goes, I know no. The answer. He's not, like, at no point has he ever been afraid for his daughter's life. And here, here's where... Because if Sonny and him have come to an understanding yeah. that he's not going to change his lifestyle, but still bring a child into the world, you know what? That is between them. That's what I'm saying. However, like it's a two-way lane. Based on the documentary and the fact that she's like, please consider me. And he's like, I will not. I'm like, I think she's wishing that he will. And he's clearly stated that he won't. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they've come to an understanding since, but it seems like she wants him to be one way and he just isn't that person. Mm -hmm. And uh, if they bring a child into the world under those circumstances, it's it's just very painful because, yes, she. But also, I don't know them personally. So, like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, do I, I, don't, I don't know them from what I've seen. They're both still alive. She. Yep. It does definitely feel like she's ch kind of chasing after him and wants him to be with her, but he doesn't want to. But at the same time, he is giving her some of that affection and intention that she wants. Yeah. Whereas he should he should also cut it off. Both of them at some point, like, and maybe it's because he doesn't realize that, like, by doing what she, he's doing, it's like leading her on. And that, you know, she keeps hoping things will change. But like both of them at some point, you're like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they're, I mean, they're, they're in a, they're in a happy marriage with a kid yeah. at this point. Maybe they've worked through it. I don't know them lives. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how they live. They could be very happy. happy or unhappy there. But man, if you're a parent, I'm sure at some point you were afraid for your child's life yeah. when they're like a baby and they might just pass away it's, in the night because they do that it's sometimes. It's very much like, uh, you know, having a husband in the military. Yeah. Like, all right, have fun on you know, tour. Maybe you come back. Maybe you don't. Anyway. So, I don't know. I mean, that's that's Alex Honnold. That's Free Solo. Movie came out. Uh, it finished in 2018. So, that's when it officially comes out. Right. Let's see if we can get... Yeah. Free Solo grossed $17.5 in the United States and Canada. Which is... Very good for a documentary. Yeah. It did 11.1 .1 million in the other territories for a total of 28.6 million worldwide. Uh, it has won awards for multiple things. So the Toronto Independent or the Toronto International Film Festival, it won. It won National Board of Review, Cinema I Honors. Uh, yeah, Cinema I Honors. Uh, it won an Academy Award for mm -hmm. Best Documentary. Outstanding, uh, outstanding creative achievement in interactive media, oh. outstanding doc directing, outstanding sound, outstanding music comp, outstanding picture editing, it's, it's cinematography. Huh? I said it's outstanding. Yeah, yeah, it just it won a ton of stuff. Uh -huh. 
Um, it is on uh, Disney Plus if you want to watch it. Yep. I think that might be it for Free Solo as far as telling you about it. <laughs> now I think we can talk about it. Cool. I mean, I feel um, like we've already we've talked already quite done a lot bit of discussion in this. Yeah. Um, I think the most interesting parts, again, are like him and his relationship and how he views the world and how how he views the world and how he views his relationship with his girlfriend and this weird goal he has. I think that's the most fascinating part, as well as, you know, climbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of documentaries, it's fine. I don't think it necessarily did anything crazy besides filming on the side of a mountain. That's cool. You know, but it wasn't like no cool nuances in editing that I thought was different than other documentaries. I think the ending song sucks. I think it blows chunks. Um, <laughs> but it's like a, it's a solid documentary, you know. Yeah. It, it kind of falls under different criteria than like a movie. But uh, it kept me very engaged. I like it. Would you help film a documentary like this where someone is so close to being able to die? Uh, am I on the mountain? No. I could. You could? I could well it might depend on how well i know them mm. if it was like mariah on a cliff no i would stay at home i would drink half a <laughs> bottle of jack daniels and then wake up the next morning and see if everyone's okay i would not be able to handle that which is why i love it when we go hiking and she walks up on the edge of a cliff and goes hi look at me i'm so i'm so rebellious <laughs> <laughs> and then i have nightmares uh, mariah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I agree in the sense that, like, I think it's a pretty straightforward doc. I think, obviously, it, it it's, yeah, it's very engaging. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, him as a subject is really yes. what makes it interesting. Because, again, like I said, he's very nonchalant and unceremonious about what he's doing when it really is a huge achievement mm-hmm. and an incredible feat that he's pulled off. And he yeah. just, he gets to the top and he goes, I'm so delighted. I'm going to call my girlfriend. And you're like, all right. And he's like, I could cry, but I won't. And you're like, all right, man. Um, I know that's what you do when you, like, get the job. Yeah, babe, I got the job. Um, so yeah, I think I think that kind of contrast is really interesting because on one hand, like the stakes are so high, but then sometimes it doesn't feel like the stakes are that high because yeah. he's just like, yeah, I'm just climbing. I'm just yeah. Doing I mean, my the thing. whole point, and I think he says this in the doc or one of the he did a TED talk, which don't let that man give a TED talk. Yeah, <laughs> that shit was stone cold, no emotion in his. He had his lines rehearsed. He yeah. just went like, I climbed the mountain. It was really cool. Like it, it feels like a uh, child. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> he uh, probably was more scared of giving that TED talk than I think he was climbing the mountain. He, he talks about. See, why didn't he do that? Why didn't he just do <laughs> public speaking for his thrills? Um, one thing that we didn't mention that I that I think is really interesting about what he does is he doesn't tell people when he's free soloing. Yeah. Which no. when he said that, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense because then it adds pressure. And then, yeah, can you imagine you're climbing? You're like, my mom is sitting at home weeping, thinking I'm going to yeah. die. And like, yeah. what if I die? Um, so I thought that aspect was really interesting. Um, but yeah, I think he, he seems like a really cool guy. And I'm glad that they captured this incredible feat on camera. I think, like Stefan said, filming on the side of a mountain is yeah. extremely impressive. And all the work that went into it and the climbers who are also cinematographers, like combining those two skills is yeah insanely mm-hmm. well very niche but obviously it was necessary for this um and one of the one of my favorite shots was right as he completes the free solo and it it's like on a drone and it goes yeah. from yeah. him and it completely just pulls out mm-hmm. and i mean you talking about the size in relation to the empire state building was helpful but seeing him disappear on that mountain as it pulls yeah. out so you see truly how yeah. big it is because on one hand 
I think them talking about the different pitches made it seem like a little bit smaller to me because they're like, this is one section, this is one section, this is one section. But when you have 31 of those sections and he's at 29 climbing and you pull out and you see how far he's climbed, it kind of really, again, puts it in perspective. So I kind of wish maybe they had put that in a little bit earlier so I could have kind of been reminded of that. But Yeah. yeah, incredible. Well, I think what I really would have liked, which could have been a sentence and like a infographic, but there's a part when you're climbing where you go, and even I do this when I'm climbing with a rope, you get on, you go, okay, I'm climbing. I'm fine. I'm fine. I might bring my ankle. Mm -hmm. Oh, I might like hurt myself pretty bad. Mm. This is getting dangerous. I'm going to die if I fall. Yeah. So there's like a a kind of gradient of that. That's interesting. Yeah. And then for him, I'm going to die fucking Damn near like 2,900 yeah. feet of that. For two and a half hours, I'm going to yeah. die. Which is insane. And I've, I have seen someone free solo, like in real life. Mm. And for me, I was like, holy shit, what is going on? Why is he doing that? Yeah. And everyone else was like, just minding their own business. <laughs> just not caring. Just Kyle being Kyle over and there. And I was talking to the person I was with. And I was like, yo, he's like not tied into anything. And she was just like, oh, yeah. People do that. People yeah. do. I was like, see, you're all looking at a man with a revolver in his mouth. I know. That's why, you know, the whole relationship things and everything aside, I'm glad our guy was aware of the fact that like, oh, I don't want people to see me die. Because overall, I think this free soloing is a very selfish thing to do. Because oh, yeah. you might be traumatizing people. Someone's going to have to find your body. Someone may f- watch you fall and die. And it's just, that's kind of selfish to knowingly do that. I can understand that. You know? How, do you feel that way about like skydiving? Um, could be. Skydiving's a little different. Because there is a safety measure? Because there's a safety measure and there's people there and they do it, you know, a hundred times a day. And there's not normally as many accidents. But like, like we said, free soloing, one mistake, well, one yeah. error, gone. One rock that and it's looks your, solid but isn't. And it's your fault. We didn't talk about that one clip. I don't know who the climber is. They're climbing and he, and he like falls. Mm-hmm. And then he's got like a parachute that he yeah. pulls. But yeah, Steph and I were, were watching that and I was like, no way am I just watching this man fall to his death. <laughs> and then I was like, he's still going. And then the parachute goes and I was like, oh, thank yeah, the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he still ends up dying. Yeah, just not in that clip. <laughs> just not in that clip. He, he is dead. He dies. That was during the like climbers who died recap. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He so <laughs> during one of his climbs, he clips the mountain oh. on the fall and oh, Titanic. That's bad. Titanic rudder man. Oh, don't. he doesn't see Titanic. Oh, you didn't. You didn't remember that was during the guys who died section. No. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't. I I forgot. Yeah. yeah. No. You're like, oh, that's a really good idea. He has a parachute. Yeah. No, I've seen people who do like what Cl- are those like suits? Cliffs? Yeah. Mm, yeah the wingsuits yeah oh oh my god i would never do that in a billion years anyway i also wouldn't try to free solo cap but yeah free soloing is crazy anyways should we give this a rating i think we should give this a rating all right um i'm gonna go first yes do do it. it um yeah again in terms of like it's a pretty straightforward documentary i think the feet itself is very incredible Um, his feet are pretty incredible his feet are incredible (laughs) i'm so i'm gonna give this just a solid seven um Hanging, f- hanging from your little fingies ah. at a 10 um i think he's a really cool dude i think the again like i've mentioned many times now the contrast between his kind of chillness about it versus yeah. how insane the feat actually is is mm-hmm. i think it adds to it because i think i would have been a little bit not taken out of it but if he was like crying and psyching himself up and oh guys today's the day like it'd feel a little bit more kind of cliche and straightforward of a yeah. dog. but the fact mm-hmm. that he's like let's let's do it yeah i like that like going into work 
Mm-hmm. Seems like a very cool guy. Um, I give it 7.5 grippers. Oh, I was going to do grippers. I knew it. That's why I took it. Oh! Long billy goat grippers. Uh, I think it more than anything, and I didn't really talk about this aspect of it, it was very engaging. I was engaged the whole time. And when we paused for a potty break, there's like 20 minutes left. I'm like, this went by pretty quick. Yep. I enjoyed watching it with Mariah and both of us going like, oh, oh you know, all our reactions to everything. Yeah. Whether it was a move he was doing or just a crazy thing he said or something that was done. Where, oh, like I had a very fun viewing experience, which is maybe not the way you want to approach something that was so life-threatening. Yeah. <laughs> but like just to say I was very engaged. I was very drawn in, which doesn't usually happen with movies or docs all I, the time. I would have loved to have seen this in the theater and experienced it yeah. with everybody. I think, oh, like, I yeah. think that would have been really mm-hmm. cool, which I don't feel that way about a lot of movies because I prefer watching them on the couch. But mm, yeah. I do think this would be one that would be yeah, good to so. see with people. For, for the engagement and the enjoyment I had watching this, I'd give it 7.5 grippers. All right, Miles, where yeah. you at? Uh, oh, man, that's Stefan's take. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to give it seven piss bottles out of 10. <laughs> I'm kind of right there with you guys. Like, it was, it was a very engaging doc, but it wasn't breaking new boundaries for documentaries. Like, the subject was cool, but the, the doc part was pretty middle of the line. This is just what docs are. Yeah. And I was just watching a man be absolutely batshit insane was cool. Yeah. So I liked it. I would recommend you watch it on Disney Plus. Yeah. If you have it, I'd say give it a watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's one Good that stuff. I've been meaning to watch for a while. So when you said that we were doing it, I was, yeah. I was very no, excited. I was hyped too. Yeah. Well, Stefan, what are we watching next? I don't know how many of you probably got a poster of this movie in your bedroom. I, I'm going to talk about The Dark Knight. Oh, let's talk about The Dark Knight. The Dark let's do Knight, it. The second of the Christopher Nolan Batman Hell movies. Hell yeah. Heath Ledger. There's a lot. There's a lot there. Let's do it. So I'm going to give that one a cover. And we can... <laughs> I'm just a dog chasing car. Oh, <laughs> oh, I get to do the voice. You get I to get do to voice. do the voice like the whole time. Swear to me. There's so many voices. I just... I want to know how I got these grippers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you heard what the next episode is going to be, so make uh-huh. sure you give it a watch um, so you can stay up to date with us before the next episode. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at the takes it took. And, you know, if you have any corrections, comments to any of the last episodes that you've listened to, you have a suggestion for an episode you'd like us to do in the future, you can go ahead and email us at the takes it took at gmail.com. But until then, stay safe, have fun, watch movies. And when I say stay safe, I mean, maybe don't free solo. Don't free solo. Unless Bring you're... a partner, have a nice little bit of rope. Make sure um, you check how many how many knots you got. Get better at jumping. Yeah. I could have jumped that whole thing. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.